Welcome to Alert Me Podcast, episode number three. Uh, today we're talking about HBO's Hard Knocks. I am Eric, the self-appointed quote-unquote leader, revered leader, that is, of the TV Geek Army. That is tvgeekarmy.com. Alert Me Podcast uh, is what is new and fresh and hot and alerty with uh, what with the TV. Uh, this is definitely a continuing experiment in progress. So as we say on the TV Geek Army, uh, please join the movement. Get with us. And you can find us now. Drop us a line. Uh, give us an email at alertmepodcast at gmail.com. And you can also always track us down at tvgeekarmy.com, the army of TV geeks. Welcome and join us. <laughs> so HBO's Hard Knocks. Um, let me start out by saying that uh, there are a lot of amazing sports shows that I've noticed on television. I'm not a tremendously hardcore sports fan these days. I was a little bit more when I was a kid, although when, whenever I kind of spin the dial uh, on terrestrial radio or satellite radio or something, I'm, I'm usually kind of shocked and awed at the you know sort of real sports fans that are out there and how much they do know about sports. Um, I, I do love football, though, and I, I want to get into talking about uh, Hard Knocks in a minute. Uh, but I did also want to say that I've become semi-obsessed with the MMA-related show, the uh, UFC show, The Ultimate Fighter on FX, which actually uh, premieres a new season this Friday night on FX. And it's in, I don't know how many seasons it, it, it has had, I think at least 15 or so. But I, I just got really, really into it last season and very much enjoyed it. And I kind of had the thought that um, shows on television that are, you know, whatever you want to call it, documentary style, reality show style, uh, The Ultimate Fighter is certainly a hybrid in terms of, um, it, it, it's a competition show that sort of stands on the shoulders of older shows like The Contender, which I also really enjoyed, which was about boxing. Um, and it has the reality show aspect of, you know, following these guys as they live in a house, they get into disagreements, it shows them training, and then each week there's actually a competition where uh, they get in the octagon and fight it out, and, and it's elimination style from there. But I realized that these shows that focus on um, professional athletes, and that's very much what these guys are, whether it's the ultimate fighter, uh, certainly, you know, with the NFL and football, with uh, hard knocks, and, and absolutely with the contender as well. It's just fascinating to see these people who are, uh, first of all, you know, absolutely amazing athletes in their, you know, given field, and with the tremendous desire that they have to uh, make a name for themselves to become successful and what it takes to be successful in their given sports is just becomes really compelling television when done well and Hard Knocks is certainly that it, the, the production value is, is tremendous uh, we talked a little bit last time about Breaking Bad in its own way has amazing production value Hard Knocks is really up there too it's the, the um, everything from the direction and production uh, the you know the the way that the show is cut together and you have to figure that there's thousands of hours of footage that these guys put together really really quickly um, for for anyone who hasn't seen Hard Knocks uh, it follows one NFL team each season during the NFL preseason which takes place over a series of uh, I, I think four or five six weeks something like that but we we come in and we follow a series of usually four weeks 
uh, with the culmination being one pre-NFL preseason game each week leading up to the beginning of the NFL season. And so they cut together this footage so quickly that it tracks with the month or so prior to the NFL season. So they must have these editors working all night putting together this stuff. But it's always so sharp uh, that you don't you know, necessarily think about it, but you're just really absorbed in the story of seeing everything that's going on with one particular NFL team each, um, each year. And some of the things that I really love about the show is that you get to go inside um, – the various and many meetings that these guys have during the NFL season. So when they're not out on the field and they're not doing things like lifting weights and all the kind of physical activity that they need to do, they are watching film, they're getting mentored. And if these guys are anything like five or 10 minutes late, they typically get dressed down. So these guys are going morning, day, night, just all football all the time. Uh, Of course, that does lead to some funny moments as these guys get punchy. Um, this season with the uh, Miami Dolphins, there wasn't as much of uh, rambunctiousness as there is in some other seasons. For example, a recent season with the New York Jets um, had some really funny moments. One, uh, I think one of the coaches, I, I don't know if it, it may have even been head coach Rex Ryan, who's a character in his own right, uh, threw the product called the Shake Weight, uh, the Shake Weight around to a bunch of the players. And which was pretty funny in in various ways, uh, particularly for those people who know what the product is. A and B have seen the related South Park episode, <laughs> and um, there was there's just some other really cool moments from that particular season. Uh, quarterback Mark Sanchez, who actually had a really great game coming into this new season, um, was pretty funny from time to time. One of my favorite moments was that when he was standing off on the side of the field watching a couple of lumbering. Uh, linebackers trotting down the field and he kind of uh, imitated one of the lumbering runs of one of these guys and it was just such a great insight something you would never see in any other venue of of these super high paid professional athletes just kind of goofing around like regular guys on on a football field like uh, if, if you're a guy many of us have done you know throughout our lives and and certainly as kids so some of the other things from hard knocks there's things like rookie hazing which is actually a serious issue where because um, uh, New York Giants, I believe this season, New York Giants are my favorite team, by the way, um, had had an issue with some hazing stuff. But but a lo- most of it is in good fun and kind of meant to, you know, um, engender some camaraderie with the guys on the team. So they'll, you know, tape them to the uh, goalpost and, you know, spray, you know, string. Uh, what's that kind of spray stuff? Spray stuff. Uh, string spray spray string whatever that stuff is called they'll they'll spray them with all kinds of garbage let's just say and all that kind of stuff um but you know overall again just watching these guys go through their daily routines and and the mental toughness that it takes as they you know particularly for the many many people you see in these nfl training camps who are not necessarily guaranteed a job a full-time job throughout the season at all there's a brutal cutting down process where each team starts out with something like 90-plus players, and then by the time the regular season starts, they need to cut down to 53. So nearly half the guys that start out with each team uh, get the boot. Now, some of them certainly end up uh, getting uh, uh, picked up by another team off waiver wires or something like that, and then there's a very small group of guys who uh, get put on something called the, um, I think it's called the training squad, so they're not allowed to play during the regular season, but they're still sort of attached 
um, to one of the teams. And then if there's an injury, I think they can get put on somehow. But really, so so a lot of the a lot of the drama comes in these guys who are working their bottoms off to try to actually make it on the team, and and that is just natural drama. And and the fact that HBO is allowed to go pretty much all over the training facility and and follow these guys, you get to see some really. Uh, really real, uh, really real moments. And, you know, that that comes from watching the coaches and you see their really internal meetings where they have the um, the whole sort of depth chart up on the board and they're saying, hey, what, can we lose this uh, linebacker to put this running back on the squad? And, and the whole strategy of how to put together a full NFL team to go to war for the season is just really um, again, amazing. And so you watch the coaches go through that process and then you get the inevitable, uh, you know, calls out to the guys that have to come down to the coach's office to get cut. And this is just something you see from season to season again and again and watch how these guys, many of whom, you know, are, are getting um, their their hopes and dreams, dreams uh, just absolutely smash. And um, you know, obviously guys are going to handle it in different ways. The coaches and in some cases the general manager will, will, will handle these things in other ways. And then sometimes the general manager and coaches get their own dreams crushed, of course, because they'll have situations where they'll draft uh, guys out of college and some of these guys will hold out for more money or you'll get veterans who are holding out for more money too, of course, from time to time. And they're not in camp. They're not training with the rest of the team. The coaches are trying to get their entire team and strategy ready for the season. And when they have these star guys who are not in camp with them, it causes havoc as well. So, again, natural drama. This season, um, I, I love every season in, in different ways. Th this season with the Miami Dolphins was interesting in a few different ways. Uh, the coach, Coach Joel Philbin, it was his first season as an NFL head coach, he, he's been an assistant guy for many years, so he certainly um, was not shy or timid in any way, but he was a very buttoned-down guy, especially in contrast to someone like Rex Ryan, the, the Jets coach, who is very garrulous, very larger than life, a big guy to boot. And he loves to curse, loves to get in front of the media, loves to direct all the, the attention onto himself. Coach Philbin is is really a direct opposite. Very buttoned down, very conservative. Uh, we saw him a number of times through the season, um, you know, requesting guys not to curse at all. And these are, you know, NFL players. And uh, really trying to instill a sense of professionalism, which is all to the good. But I, I really got the sense that maybe he was going a little bit too far. Maybe he needed to back off a little bit. But, you know, it remains to be seen how successful that will be in sort of instilling a new program. Uh, you know, I almost had the, the the sense that it was like the new teacher at the beginning of the year trying to really set the rules for the kids in the class. And then one of the other main storylines this season had to do with Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Uh, until recently, Chad Ochocinco. Chad Ochocinco changed his name back to his original Chad Johnson recently. Um, Chad Johnson slash Ochocinco, of course, is has been one of the top NFL re wide receivers for many years, uh, but has you know kind of uh, fallen off a little bit over the last couple of years. He's a reality star in his own uh, in his own right. He started in his own uh, show on on VH1 for eh, I want to say a couple of seasons uh, now. Uh, but he got cut by the Dolphins during the uh, NFL training camp for a domestic violence uh, allegation, at least, with his 
uh, wife, who we saw uh, in Hard Knocks very briefly, kind of palling around with Johnson prior to this incident. So stemming from that incident, Johnson at least spent uh, went to jail overnight or so, got released, and then subsequently got released by the Dolphins. So there was a um, pretty tense moment where Philbin had to give uh, Johnson the boot. And you got the sense that, or, or at least I did, that Johnson could have done a lot lesser of an, a relative offense. And of course, you know, everyone's innocent until proven guilty, et cetera, et cetera. But Philbin was not, Philbin and Johnson were oil and, and water. Philbin wants, you know, the same kind of buttoned down conservative, you know, for NFL standards anyway, guys who are really going to, you know, just just say how high when, when Philbin asked them, uh, you know, uh, to jump, <laughs> so to speak. And Johnson was just not that kind of guy. He cursed a lot in one of his own uh, press conferences, another louder than life guy. So maybe we'll see him over on the New York Jets one of these days. Who knows? But it certainly seemed as though he's still got um, really amazing uh, skills, although seemed to be a little bit rusty. So we'll see if he gets picked up by a team this season and, and has some success there. The other thing I wanted to touch on quickly was uh, one of the other main storylines had to do with the quarterback situation in Miami. It's always a, um, a uh, it, it's always dramatic when an NFL team has any kind of quarterback controversy, and and the one on Miami in this preseason was absolutely fascinating because you had a scenario where there were uh, three guys who were really. Uh, in the running to be the uh, starting quarterback, which is extremely rare. It's it's somewhat rare when there's two guys in camp who are kind of fighting it out. And then you had a fourth guy, a young guy named Pat Devlin, who was really uh, good and promising in his own right. So the whole upshot of that situation was that the four quarterbacks were kept on the 53-man roster, which again, I think, I don't want to say absolutely for sure, but I want to say that that's pretty rare. It's pretty standard for teams to typically hang on to three guys where you have the one legitimate star quarterback, usually more a little bit more of a veteran guy who's on the downside of his career that's um, the backup, you know, in case of injury or something like that. And then you get a third guy who, you know, might be a younger guy, a developing guy who is in camp, um, you know, in case of emergency, of course, if something happens, God forbid, to, you know, the, the first two quarterbacks. And then, you know, it's so that the team can see maybe there's a, um, a chance that this young guy might be the future of the squad. But a fourth guy is almost unheard of, at least in my experience. So, that said, um, not Pat Devlin, but another rookie named Ryan Tannehill actually won out for the starting job, beating out David Garrard, who um, was a veteran guy who uh, played with, uh, I want to say, Jacksonville Jaguars for many years, and then also beat out a second-year guy in Matt Moore, a guy uh, who, as a rookie, had actually started for a number of games uh, previously for Miami. So, that that whole that whole drama and watching these guys perform and get evaluated by the coaches was very interesting. I was also really impressed with the professionalism of all of the quarterbacks and how they interacted with each with each other. You know, it's a situation where they're on the same team and they're there to support each other. But of course, there's a, a lot of natural and huge competition to become the starting quarterback of an NFL team is obviously something that's extremely. Um, you know, coveted. So uh, th that all made for interesting um, drama again and situations um, all 
uh, along the, the line with all the other things that happened. So let me segue from there, awkwardly, I want, uh, admittedly, uh, <laughs> to, to my final uh, thing I want to say, which, which is a plea, what I call a plea for more hard knocks. And the first plea is that it would be great for HBO to follow uh, these teams into the regular season. It's, there's so much excitement and drama, as I've explained, throughout the um, preseason. It's such a letdown and, and so anticlimactic that we drop off with hard knocks, right, when we're going into the regular season in the NFL, which is the, the when everything gets, you know, quote-unquote real. The preseason games don't matter except in the evaluation of the players and who's going to make the squad, which is all extremely interesting within the confines of the show. But, you know, in the larger scope as a football fan, we want to see what happens with these guys over the course of the regular season. And, and I, I kept having the thought that, you know, even with a team like the Miami Dolphins, who, you know, as a Giants fan, I don't have a lot of reason to really think about ordinarily, especially as not a hardcore fan at all. Um, I would be almost half a fan of these guys if I got to watch uh, Hard Knocks week in and week out and see what happened during the regular season. So that would be one thing I would certainly call for. The second thing, short of that, is that it would be great if they could follow more than one team a year. You know, you get these great uh, four or five hours of television each preseason with Hard Knocks. Um, you know, in my view, uh, let's load this thing up. Let's let's follow a couple teams a year at least, and and get you know just that much more drama out of uh, <laughs> out of the football. So that is my take on the hard knocks. Um, I think we're ready to wrap it up from there. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Alert Me Podcast, and I hope you'll be checking us out uh, out again soon. <laughs> and maybe we'll be talking a little bit better next time. Take care.